Hi, all. Welcome back to Down to Brown. As you know, we talk about multiple identities here and how we can resolve the tensions, joys, comedies, pains, etc. that come with it so that we can be our most free, best, authentic selves. Today, we're going to do something a little different. That's right. Remix. We are going to talk about something in the media that we've seen that sort of reflects our down to brown experiences. So while we're not getting deeper into a topic or a prompt, we're actually talking about a TV show that many of you probably know on Netflix called Never Have I Ever. And we are talking about season two specifically. We cover spoilers, so please be sure to have watched it or not mind them because otherwise you'll be very mad at me. When I say we, I'm talking about the guest that I'm joined by, Shika Kaiwar. She is a pastry chef and she has a cookbook about ice cream that is super creative, by the way. It is so wonderfully done. And also, it by day, works in tech. So she does all the things. She just moved to London and experienced it during the pandemic as well. So we got a lot to catch up on and a lot of juicy details about the show to discuss. Shika, thank you so much for being on Down to Brown. Yes, I'm super excited. Glad we could make this time difference work. I know, and we're going international today, so go us. Yes. <laughs> so about it. you used to be in the U.S. and you moved to London. Is that correct? Yeah, so I'm, yeah, totally. San Francisco was basically my home forever. I'm from Northern California. Um, I grew up in the Burbs outside of SF, and I lived there for almost 10 years. Um, so then I just, me and my fiance just moved to London at the beginning of this year, so like end of January uh, 2021, so like peak lockdown, yeah. um, which is also like an adventure in itself. Oh my gosh, so I just talked to someone who did COVID like the whole year in Singapore, and I was like, man, oh, you man. must have had such a different experience, like being, you know, from the U.S., living in Singapore. They kind of got their shit together quickly. What was it like in London? <laughs> yeah, it was full lockdown. So I think um, it was a lot different than the U.S. Um, and what we had done is actually before moving to London, we left San Francisco in September and did a four month road trip across the country. So we were like staying in different cities, like meeting, you know, some friends when we could. My fiance's family's from Maryland. Um, so, you know, there was like, it was also just crazy. One, just being across the US and experiencing how different states and cities ex- are experiencing the pandemic um, or not experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And then like coming here where it was like full lockdown, like it basically felt like, you know, March, 2020. Um, and, you know, trying to do basic life admin stuff, like how do you get a bank account? Like, how do you find a place to live? Yeah. Like getting a phone number, like just basic, basic things, um, which is a lot. And it's also like freezing cold and I didn't own a winter jacket because I live in California. Holy shit. Yeah, I feel like our jackets are like a cute Patagonia. <laughs> oh yeah, literally like within a week of getting here, I had to buy a winter jacket because I was like, oh, I actually need this here. Yeah, it's like a real ass one that's thick, made yeah. of wool. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. I mean, like, I mean, this goes down in the books for you, probably from a life story standpoint of, hey, not only did I go through the pandemic with everyone, but I did it in a new country and had to learn the country slash learn how to pandemic. So kudos to you and your fiance for oh, making man. that work. Thank you. And speaking of the lockdown, I remember one of the best things about, I think, like in a bleak summer um, last year in 2020 was the Never Have I Ever season. 
And I don't know if you remember where you were when you watched season one, but it was very meaningful for, I think, a lot of folks. Um, What did it mean to you, season one? Yeah, I think it was, it kind of came like near the beginning of the pandemic. So I felt like we were just like sad at home because it was just like, it was like April. We just didn't know what was going on. It was like this beacon of light came through in the the form of the show. and so, yeah, and I remember I I, bin- I totally binged it, just I think like everyone else. Uh, and I actually didn't like season one at first. I feel like I put so much stock in it being relatable to me. And I was like, oh my God, this baby character is like so annoying. Like, why can't she just like be a nice person to people around her? Um, I, and then I rewatched it and I kind of like had a moment and I was like, you know what, like, let me watch it again. And I loved it the second time around. And then I was like, okay, I'm in. Um, but it was not immediate. Definitely. That's so interesting. I've heard a similar reaction too, because I, I always thought like, obviously it's going to be amazing. And I, I was one of the people who did like it the first time around. I didn't love it, but I did notice I got really emotional, especially towards the end. Cause like, oh, just like also seeing uh, brownness on the screen just really took me back to being like in a high school where I was like so underrepresented. But totally. um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Where did you grow up? Yeah. I mean, I grew up in like the burbs outside of San Francisco. And so while well, they, I grew up with a lot of East Asians, but almost no South Asians. Um, so being Indian, was like something that was like very you kept it at home, you know, it's like you did stuff with kind of like, we had family friends, so we had like a big community there, but it what that never crossed over into like school or like even friends from school um, and like dating and stuff like that. So I totally related on that point. Absolutely. I also grew up in the suburbs of California. So um, we were in a town called Pleasanton, um, which didn't have a lot of yeah, <laughs> um, white people are sorry, like uh, they had a lot of white people, very few brown people during that time. So I just like it just takes you to that time where you're like, oh, my gosh, like, could I be validated if I looked different or I sounded different or, you know, and um, I think that validation piece was really interesting all throughout season one and two with, with Davy especially. Yeah, yeah. And I think like her backstory is so unique like I had to kind of keep that in mind too where I'm like she is like has experienced a lot of trauma and you know when you're 15 like how are you supposed to deal with that um and I think in that way I remember so I I, my parents are divorced and they got divorced when I was 13 um and it was like a very 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 dramatic divorce like super dramatic and I also remember so feeling that way where I was like I, I like responded by, I wore all black for like three years. I like got my nose pierced. I was, was like a great student, but I looked t- like terrifying, like scary as fuck. Um, and, but it's true that I was like, oh yeah, like how do you deal with that? Like nobody, like there's nobody, you feel like there's no one on earth who knows what you're going through. And you kind of like feel very lonely in that way. Yeah, I know that's so interesting. And um, I'm, Sorry you experienced that too at a younger age, but it sounds like you found ways to cope with it, whatever it was. And now you're here today, better for it. Totally. And it was funny because I remember being that age and like similar to Baby's character, like, you know, she's a really good student, right? Like at the, at the end of the day, like her grades never suffer, even though all these other things are happening. Um, I remember having a very similar experience where I was like, you know, dressing like an emo kid and I would cut school and like 
vandalized school property and I was like doing all these things, but like my grades were a, like A's across the board. So it is that interesting like thing about being South Asian where it's like, you know, in the back of your head, like you gotta be, you gotta be good. Like you're not, your grades are gonna be, have to like stay up no matter what. Yeah, it's the classic, like do it on the side, whatever you're doing, your rebellion yes. all that, that's a hobby. <laughs> like make yes. sure you got your shit together first. Um, so totally. now speaking of, how did you like season two? Oh my gosh, I loved it. I think it was, there was so much new, there was like new topics and just kind of extending the the previous one really well. Um, I think for me, it really, I just love how Mindy Kaling has kind of created this like high school experience. Um, Cause you kind of forget, right? Like when you're in high school, it's like everyone's just kind of like banging into everybody all the time. It's like this, like I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, it's really like this Petri dish of all these different personalities. Um, and like, even if you have a label, like those labels, can come they can go they can change um and like everyone has each other's numbers like it's like some it's like a very very unique experience in the u.s that i think she captured so well yeah i think that's why they keep like also harping on high school because i feel like all the shows now i'm like are we gonna watch any adult shows or like it feels like everything's based in high school but mindy haling did i feel like do a good job where you feel like you understand the intention behind why it's in high school and you really go into that world. Like I completely forgot. I also binged it like a psycho and just like sat down to get up until it was done. And it just transports you into that world. Yeah. And I love that. And I think it's like, and all, you know, even like the side characters, right. Have like really strong personalities. Yeah. Um, which I think is like really fun. Right. And, and you, you kind of like love everyone. Like there's really nobody you hate. Totally. Um, even if they're like nerdy or like whatever their story is, it's just like you're always you just want everyone to do well. Yeah, I actually like that about season two. Like I the things I liked were like a every episode kind of concluded itself. So it didn't feel like you were dragging on the storyline like, you know, da- you know, obviously spoilers, but like Davy two timing her boyfriends. I'm like, OK, I can't watch a whole season of this. Yeah. But, <laughs> An episode and a half where she gets, you know, like there's a different change to that plot, like by the second one was great. It just kept it moving. Um, and I, and loved- I think that's how high school is. Too, yeah, right? it's like high school true. is like that. It's like that. I feel it's like you had these like big pieces of drama and then like the next week, like the weekend comes and like people have forgotten about it. And they're like, oh, OK, cool. Like on to the next thing, I guess. Life was so simple. Um, yeah, I also really liked that the characters had their own storylines that were quite strong too like this time they really went into each person in a way that I felt like season one they were kind of peripheral I I don't know if you felt that way but I was curious like who was your favorite side character oh my gosh there's so many um I I mean I feel like I really loved Nirmala like her like Fatih's character um, cause I think that's another thing, right? When you have these, a lot of high school shows or shows that are set in high school, like the parents or adults are like these afterthoughts of like, and, but they're so richly built up here, right? It's like, you have Melanie who is also experiencing grief and, you know, the same grief actually that baby is, but, you know, she has to like go to work and ultimately like keep everything running. Um, and then like, there is, yeah, then there's like, Nirmala, who's also like trying to deal with grief in her own way. And I love those, just like hearing these stories. And also, you know, 
being South Asian, right? It's like, there's like, how do you deal with grief? Like you kind of have, you're kind of taught to, to not show it on your face as much, to kind of keep it under the rug, especially as an adult. Um, And I think she really built that out really nicely. Totally. I completely agree. And I think the way that they portrayed each woman, I really felt like, thank you for like the thought that went behind each character. Cause to your point, like they're all dealing with similar things, but like differently. You go from early years, mid, senior, and you see how that affects. But I mean, damn, like, I mean, to your point on Nirmala, like the way she responded when baby's like, aren't you like mad at mom? She's dating someone already. I thought that was like a profound moment. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I think the whole the story arc of Melanie pseudo dating, I would like barely call them dating to be quite honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like got to her one time. But I understand from like a 15 year old viewpoint, you could see it that way. Um, and it was so interesting, right? Because like, I remember, yeah, I mean, same like after my parents got divorced and my mom, you know, went on a phase where she was dating again. And, you know, and it's interesting because you're like, it is like crazy to see your like a your parental figure in that light, right? Like, um, and I love that Nirmala was just like, yo, you gotta do you, and I like, respected that. And I think for me, all of it, like a part of it is like, which I think Mindy Mindy does this really well. Is like it's kind of this. There's almost like these ideal versions of like in real life. I'm like, oh, like my grandma would literally never say that. Like she would keep she would not be supporting dating or whatever. But it's kind of these like they're like these better versions of the people you, of like parental figures you see. Totally. I think that's what really helps. I th- that's where I'm like, did she, I'd like to think that she thought about it carefully before putting that out there because it's sort of the like changing the narrative on what the grandma could have said. Cause I was expecting like a ZTV soap opera where like they start zooming in and she's like, how could you? Right. Like, Oh my God. And the yes. fact that she's like, she's an adult. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. And you kind of have to just like suck it up. Cause you birthed you as like, damn, like if only we elevated each other's decisions, especially as women in our communities, like in that way, Um, Because I think especially, I mean, everyone struggles with this, no matter what community you're part of, where you hold your parents to maybe a higher regard at some point. um, And we expect perfection from them. But I think especially in South Asian culture, you know, you kind of show like, oh, parents have to put everything aside and prioritize their kids. And Mm -hmm. I really loved that they showed the case of like, they're their own person, too. And like, you really have to respect that. It doesn't revolve around you. Yeah, and ultimately, like, you know, everything, it was what, what is the thing that Nirmala said, where she was like, everything you have is because of her. Yeah. Which is, like, facts. Totally. <laughs> what are you going to do about that? Yes, and I just loved Nalini. Like, her character was so impressive. Like, I just think, like, something, they changed the game with her this season. Changed the game. Also, style game was on point. Like, after every episode, I was like, how do I get these outfits? Um and I saw that the the woman who plays Nelanie did actually like a whole outfit Instagram post of like all the main outfits from her from the season two because I think everyone has been wondering what they were. And I was like, I was like, follow following all these designers on Instagram immediately. I think in general, I always felt like everyone. I mean, even the you know the kids in the season were so stylish. Like I was like, I was not stylish. Like I'm not even stylish now, especially in a pandemic. Like I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking real rough. Uh, but like everyone, like even baby, beauty. like, she, 
Yeah, I was like, inner beauty is there, sure, but outer beauty is not, and that's fine. Uh, but like, it's crazy to like even Davy's character, right? Like, she's supposed to be a nerd, but I was like, she looks great. I know <laughs> like, I'm she not has such like a like interesting rebellious style that I'm like, damn, like I wish I just walked in with a plaid shirt oversized. Yeah. And- oh, totally. Like a lot of pattern mixing, but like good, in a good way. I was like, this is a lot. I know. Or maybe this is how the kids are these days. And we just wore low rise jeans <laughs> and Hollister and yeah, called it oh, a day. Also like, yeah. Also, like I mentioned that I was like emo for three out of four years in high school. I literally only wore black and nothing else. So I missed any opportunity to be stylish. <laughs> hey, all black is very New York chic. Yeah, it is. I think it was like not as chic because it was all from Hot Topic, but we can we can go that route. Yeah, very rushing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there we go. Before we get into some of the storylines, I did want to talk a little bit about Davy because you, I, I liked what you pointed out earlier of like, gosh, she can drive you insane. So, what was your relationship with Davy over the course of season two? Yeah, for season two, um, I think I you know. It really picked up really nicely after season one, I felt like, you know, she's kind of coming closer to her mom, you know, still struggling with who she is. And of course there's like this love triangle um, in between, in all of this. Um, and I think, you know, from between just like the season one and season two, I just felt for her more. Like I said, like when I first saw season one, I was like, ah, oh, she's so annoying. But I think I've got had, I've like had a lot of time to sit with this character and understand that she's just like trying to figure it out um and so i think when season two came like i could just kind of let her be this be her right and she is very smart right like she has these like moments where you know she's helping her cousin like figure stuff out like she's having very real conversations and like stuff like that and so i feel i just like i felt for her a lot more this season Oh, gosh, definitely. And I think that's what I learned that I loved about Davy, because at first, like other people, and I even saw an article that criticized, like, you know, Davy can't use her dad's death as an excuse anymore in season two. I think it's a juggernaut article. And I thought that was really interesting because that actually solidified for me that, no, of course she deserves to be that, because, again, regardless of the fact that her they're showing that, you know, the trauma of this death affected her, she doesn't have to be a flawless character or a perfect character for her to represent South Asian women or for her to even be a lead in a show, period. Like, forget the identity piece, because women should be free to learn and be allowed the space to make mistakes, do things that might have consequences, that the same things that are blowing up right now like her kind of hot-headed impulsive behavior might also be her strength one day once she learns more self-awareness and matures into understanding how to use those emotions and identify them so honestly i kind of felt like i wish i had seen more brown women like this and i think that's why we we're so starved for stories where brown women are vulnerable and open up about the mistakes that they've made the failures that they've experienced and why we should feel such quickness to shame them, judge them, et cetera. And I think that's actually where I felt like we're being challenged as viewers, maybe, if we're having that reaction of like, oh, baby's so annoying, all of that, like, so what? 
Yeah. And I actually think um, Maitri, I saw, I think she posted this on Twitter or Instagram like a week ago. And she was, it was literally was like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but baby does not represent the entire South Asian woman experience. And I was like, that's real. Because I think, you know, I definitely felt prey to that in season one. Um, and I had to catch myself in season two sometimes too, when I would be like, oh, this is kind of a lot. But I'm like, okay, like she's supposed to be 15 years old, like literally her dad died. Um, there's a lot going on. Totally. Yes. And I, I think that's true for like Davy or sorry, May 3's post like about baby could be applicable to the whole season or anything Indian or South Asian where you're like, this does not have to be everyone because we're so vast and broad, you know, it's a diaspora. So Yeah. And, and it was interesting because I was thinking about this more um, after watching season two where I was like, I don't feel this way when I watch like Bollywood movies, you know, like, and there's like a lot of like b- people, women in Bollywood who I also find quite annoying that they're like very dramatic or like whatever, you know, whatever it is, or like passive aggressive, but I never like feel this much ownership over them. Um, but I think it's like, it is this like, because it's an Indian person in the U S you know, you kind of have this weird ownership over this person, this person of baby, even though, you know, she just is just another person in, in all of this. Yeah. I, I especially related to the piece of Davy's character being kind of so emotional that like, it can lead to like hotheadedness or impulsiveness. Um, because that's certainly, growing up how I felt like that whole conversation about like feeling deeply and living an emotionally rich life in fact when I was watching it with my fiance he pointed to me and he's like that's you because I late 20s 30s right so I don't know if that makes sense but this watching Davey go through it helped me kind of unlock that and free myself yeah a just being and I and I think I really loved um her therapist in this show kind of because of that because she was like this foil to baby or like baby is like exactly what you said right like kind of spewing whatever comes to mind and the therapist like kind of just recognizes this about baby and like makes her just feel like a human uh, and it's a and she's like a great reminder to the viewer too right where she's like baby's just a, a human being like just like you like she's not crazy like she's just experiencing a lot and like that's okay yes Especially that crazy piece. Like for any woman, I think people get triggered by like, ooh, crazy. Okay, before the like name of a woman. But also like in South Asian culture, like it's a really like, I feel like crazy labels like you're too much, you know, um, very emotional or whatever those are can really strip away like that confidence for a young adult and it carries over into your adulthood. So I like that they actually dispelled that and like even said like you feel deeply, right? Like, um, but people just quickly say you're crazy, which is kind of a, unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. And also kind of a product of, I think, that high school experience, right? Like people, like you just aren't, not everyone is as mature enough to think about stuff in a bigger way. And so you do kind of resort to these like, you know, one-liners of defining a person by like, exactly what you see it even if you don't know what's going on underneath definitely which is interesting because they're not mature there but then when it comes to getting a nose piercing i was like blown away yeah. with the, like the whole like decolonizing your nose excuse i was like damn that's really good oh my god it's so funny because i got a nose piercing also when i was 15 um 
I got it with my, with my parents in India, and I was like, I'm gonna do this nose piercing, even though they were didn't weren't really into it. And then immediately, I I used to play water polo, and then like literally came back to the U.S. after the summer in India, and I had to take it out because they're like, you can't have stuff on your face playing water polo, and so it like lasted about two months. So I wanted to also get into some of the topics that they covered in this like even to what we were talking about earlier like each episode kind of moves quickly and they visit a certain topic each time so we saw a lot actually in just 10 episodes we saw muslim representation we saw like the whole india to us crossover with people actually quote going back to india it did not look like they actually traveled there um yeah. <laughs> dating as a parent eating disorders abusive relationships like we saw a lot so what did you take away from this like season? What stood out to you the most? Yeah, I did think that sometimes it was kind of too much um, because it's like they it touched on so many topics, but not all of them were maybe like that deep, right? Like I think like Muslim representation is a good one where, oh yes, like Anissa is Muslim and you see her mom, but there's not really a ton of discussion around like what, you know, what does being Muslim mean to her? Or like, what does it not mean to her? I think it was just like, I, and I appreciated that she, you know, was who she was. Um, but I wouldn't say it was like as deep as like, you know, the Indian US crossover, right? Where we're like really seeing like South Indian, specifically South Indian culture um, brought to light and how that compares with, um, you know, with American culture and like kind of Nellie's struggle of like, are you too, like, are you too Indian? Are you too American? Um, which I think is very real to so many of us. Yeah. Uh, and same with kind of like the eating disorder thing. Like, I, 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 I mean, I, th- I thought the storyline was fine, but it, I don't know if it went like super deep into it. Uh, I and mean, maybe that's kind of like the point is like, there's just so much going on in high school. It's like, you kind of have to juggle all these things often at the same time. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting. No, I agree with you actually, because like I, I think, like, the first with the Muslim representation piece, I agree. I think, like, it just barely scratched the surface. And I I do think, like, okay, is the point... I was wondering, like, is the point to also show that you don't have to every time, like, dive into it? Like, people are Muslim and they're just... It's chill, you know? Like, right, it doesn't and it's have to fine. be a big deal. Yeah, because... But I just didn't know... The way in season one, I actually really did not like the way they represented the Muslim woman and how she like didn't have really a redeeming storyline, right? She's her whole point in that Ganesha Puja episode is that, you know, there's this Davy meets this one Muslim woman who talks about or maybe it's uh, she talks to Kamala, but long story short, she's basically like, I got ostracized for marrying a Muslim guy and then now... I'm not part of the community and I thought like maybe something would change but it was like the end so right right it's kind of weird and then we're like all right (laughs) and then it was like and we have a Muslim character now so I don't know like if that to your point like it felt fully cohesive but even the eating disorder I was actually really disappointed that they didn't um not that they had to obsess over it but it felt like in one episode, Anissa talks about it and then we're done, right? And like that's something that's probably something she's working through every day of her life. So I don't know, that that part I agree. Like it felt glossed over after the moment happened. Yeah, and, it, and I think what you said is actually a good point, right? It's like, is the point that it shouldn't have to be a, not that it's not like a big deal, right? But maybe it's just like the whole point is not to define Anissa by this thing um, because she didn't want to be defined by that um and so yeah i feel like i have to like think 
more about that because it was just I think I was kind of more like how you felt where I was like oh, I wish there'd be like a little bit more development around this um but then I also see the flip side of like okay but you know she's more than this this disorder definitely I did enjoy how they showed like the the teacher, you know, that whole like trying too hard woke teacher where he was like, oh, the prayer. And then he calls her baby. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so true. And so it was just a simple like, but really like, yeah, that's true. People just assume like, oh, you're a Muslim. Like, do you need to pray every second? Or um, and then even at the um, just her outfits, I started to notice, too, like they always dressed her in full sleeves. Um, and like cover it up. And I was like, oh, that's actually something that like, you know, they didn't make a big point out of it. Mm, but I appreciated that, you know, like that it was effortless. Like we don't have to make it a big deal every time. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, people are just there. So that's kind of how I like try to redeem like the storyline in my head. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely think they could go into it more. Yeah, I do too. And who knows? Maybe they will in season three. That's um, true. There's a lot. It seems like she's sticking around. So which is great. Yes. I also, the abusive relationship thing I thought was actually really interesting for them to show. So I thought Eleanor's storyline was just so interesting, especially with, I love the mom part, the stepmom part, actually. Um, But I actually really liked the lesson that they showed because it was something that I had to learn in my 20s, like kind of how your parents influence the partner you kind of look for and the types of patterns you can find yourself in. And so while it was supposed to be kind of, it started off like silly and like dramatic, but by the end of it, I actually really loved that they showed that and showed what a bad relationship can look like without, you know, in a high school way, right? In a very harmless way. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I thought it was really, and it's funny, right? Because they brought in like the health class video or something. As like their only like that's the only kind of like example that they have, um, which is funny because I remember like watching those videos also in health class, and then you know being like this will never be me like I am too good for this, and then of course like I have definitely made the same mistake in my twenties. Girl, ain't that the truth? Um, but what I really liked about the way they first showed this friendship too is that they didn't shy away from calling each other out and saying like, it's okay, but I'm going to call you out. I will love you still. And I'm here for you. And that made me think a little bit about how growing up, especially in our culture, we can be a little conflict avoidant or conflict means things blow up and you don't talk to each other for years in your family. So seeing this, I was like, oh, you could live in a world where you have conflict and it's fine. You'll like see them after your class and still love them and um, just want the best for them. Yeah, it's it's a really good example of like deep friendship, which it's like, and that was a theme throughout the whole thing, or it's like you kind of see each other through the good and the bad. Um, and, you know, you kind of, and even then, right, it's like even when Eleanor decides to keep dating, uh, Malcolm, I think his name was, they, you know, like, they're not like, oh, we can't be friends with you anymore. They're like, okay, like, you know, we still love you. Like, we're here when this is gonna, this is gonna blow up and we'll still yes, be Yes, especially, again, like, kind of going back to the piece of, like, what we grew up with, I'm not really sure I saw a lot of forgiveness in that way. Like, if someone fucked up or you had a fight, like, often it was kind of like you don't acknowledge or you're not friends with them. And to see that 
these things are just a part of it. But if you love someone that's unconditional, really blew my mind. Like, I really loved how they showed that. And it really helped me think about supporting women differently. Right. Right. I think for me, it's like the whole, right? Like, I think the big appeal of Never Have I Ever is like, there's so much diversity on this show, even if it is like in little ways, right? It's like their their whole friendship, this little friendship group is like totally different stories and characters and races and everything. And, you know, all the people at school are very different. And I think that's really like, for me, it's so fun to watch that. It's like, feels like the most American thing of just like having these different people be together. Oh, absolutely. So actually speaking of relationships we were talking about, um, Team Pax or Team Ben for you? Oh man, I'm Team Ben. What? I, okay, let's I know. It. Okay, I mean, I just feel. I mean, I just feel like they are better together. Like I think they get along really well. I think Ben. You know, I have. I mean, and maybe this is like I always have to be like they're 15 years old, so maybe it's, <laughs> I shouldn't be so harsh on them. Um, She's not picking your I'm, life partner, Shika. <laughs> yeah, not picking your life partner. But there's like a part of me where it's like, oh, like how much can you like teach someone to be a good partner to you? Like, I think Paxton really means a lot, and obviously he's like a, a billion times hotter. Um, and I was like, man, he just needs like a lot of coaching. And I feel like I would be very annoyed after a certain point if I had to keep doing that that coaching. Um, but I feel like, you know, Ben also is like latest cards on the table. Like he was like, I'm here, dude. Yeah. Uh, and I will always true. like appreciate that about him. That's a really good point. So I hear you. I have a different perspective. Yeah. Um, and I'm also like they're 15 and like none of this is going to matter in two years. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. That's the whole thing too. I caught myself being like, well, this isn't like Grey's Anatomy where you're like waiting yeah. for like Derek and her to come here just to get... Like, yes. They're not going to die together. Like we're cool. Um, but I... Um, so I, I kind of felt like Ben, so Ben is the obvious choice, like in the sense, like you're like, oh, he's like the nice guy, like really smart. Right. He's like clearly like showed him, proven himself. Yes, exactly. What I struggled with was I was like, I feel like Ben and Davey are too similar and they give me more of like a, I'm going to push you to kind of a best friend vibe. Like, I don't know if I want to be with a partner that is I'm competing with, if that makes sense. So like. Um, that's kind of, yeah, it was just kind of like, um, and again, this is just fictional people, but I was just like, I feel like they'll be really good together, of course, and maybe like really helpful to get each other to the like places they need to go in their twenties, you know, like as they graduate, I could imagine them being really good to push each other in like really good directions. But I feel like her and Paxton have more of the chemistry where it's like, First of all, yes, too, but, like, Paxton is, like, fucking hot as hell, like, and I'm so glad yeah. that he's, like, a little closer to our age so that I feel less creepy. Oh, but, me yeah. too. Definitely yeah. follow him on Instagram, and I'm like, cool, this is not weird. Yes. <laughs> but at the same time, I think, like, yeah, he's kind of got some catching up to go, but, like, I feel like he'll kind of quickly ca- – I'm, like, most intrigued by, like, where he's going to go, whereas Ben, I feel like I know where he's going to go. And he's annoying most of the time. He's, like, dropping, like, different, like – He is very he annoying. Yeah, I'm like, okay, if you have glimpses of niceness, like, ugh. Um, and I just feel like Paxton's going to develop. He's going to have a different perspective from Davy at all points so they can, like, balance each other out and, like, bring out sides. So that was kind that's of really my thing. That's a really good point. Um, yeah, like yeah they're, that's again, a good point. 
15. But the other thing is, Ben, does he have a brown girl fetish? Because he literally moved on to Anissa I, next. No. <laughs> I thought about that the entire time. Aurora was like, oh, this feels like a kind of a thing. And I don't know. And it, I mean, then I'm like, it also seems like he doesn't even really like Anissa because he's like still harping on Davy. So like, what is this? Which is like, doesn't make me feel good about her situation because I think she really likes him, Anissa. Exactly. Like, I... I didn't, I felt like it was kind of, I know they were setting it up that they were flirting, but it seemed a little careless on his part because it's like, is he using Anissa or like, oh, she's here. It's convenient. But like, that's also really rude to do in a friend group. Like you can't just date girls in the same friend group like that just because you're like, oh, she seems nice, you know? Yeah, she's, yeah. I agree. So, you know, maybe Ben's maturity is not as high as we think it is. Um, in in that way and i'm like listen like someone's gonna get hurt in the next season and anisa seems high on this list i know yeah who's likely to get hurt first do you think in this season two? Oh my god i feel like it's gonna be anisa like this thing yeah. i also feel like ben is not smooth right like he's not gonna no. be able to like contain it at all no i also didn't understand the whole flashcard moment between them like it didn't kind of make it, it seemed like a little bit more of a moment that they didn't explain like I didn't oh, buy yeah. that it was just like oh I mixed up my flashcards I almost thought like did she see the flashcards that they put up in the pros and cons list or something interesting I, I didn't okay I hadn't thought of it that way my thought was that he is like he kind of stopped liking her as much because he thought she wasn't like smart or like as cared about school as much, right? Like I think a big piece to your point of why he likes Davey is because she cares as much about school as he does. And they have this like common denominator. Um, and like Anissa is obviously very smart, but she's not gonna like freak out if, you know, she messed up on some flashcards. Yeah, um, that's true. And I think to your point, right? It's like that competitiveness is like what, it's like what works with Davey and Ben, but like it may not work with Anissa and Ben. And yes. Dennis like figure that out. Yeah, that's a really good point. That that but that also yeah it, it reiterates and like did you think about why you wanted to date Anissa or was it because you were just like cool she's cute and flirting with me you know? <laughs> Which honestly is like Irma like going back to Theral fifteen like maybe it is that's really true. Just that much. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's like not that it's not that deep at the end of the day. <laughs> oh man, yes, you're right. <laughs> Right back at the same thing. Um, it really feels like 15. that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You're, that's a really good point. Maybe there's no rhyme or reason. They're just attracted to each other. Go for it. <laughs> I know we have a few minutes left, but I wanted to end with a few questions on kind of superlatives since it was high school. Yes. Um, so who was the most interesting to watch for you? Oh, the most interesting. I would say Melanie. For yeah, sure. totally agree. Best glow up from season oh, one. Best, best glow up. I mean, I'm like, can I send Melanie again? Because her fashion yeah. looks so good. Just someone have a crush. Gosh, how do I get these like blazer suits? I know, and like effortlessly loose but sensual camis. <laughs> um, who was the funniest to watch? Um. I feel like I really liked, uh, oh my gosh, what was his name? I loved the English teacher, uh, Mr. Yeah. Kulkarni. Yes. I thought he was like such a fun, like just influx of energy. 
Yeah. Um, and like his like mini story arc with Kamala too. I was like all about it. Oh, totally. That was really adorable. I also, I wish for Kamala's story that it doesn't have to be related to a guy. Like at some point, I guess, like, because I felt she had such a great, like, I loved her storyline this time around. And like, because the first time I was like, oh, arranged marriage, like we've seen this, like, uh, you know, it's kind of the stereotype about us. But I really loved like the STEM piece and like standing up for herself. Like it was a really empowering moment. And I like loved her this season. I just felt like, oh, man, couldn't we have ended with her? Like, could her ending have not been man like man related? Um, True. So, yeah, that's the only thing that I hope for in season three. Um, And then who do you think had the most growth? Um, oh my God. I mean, definitely Paxton. I feel like he just like is caring about school, like caring about her. Um, and I think even kind of cutting in touch with his like Japanese side. Like I really, I love that seeing that. I completely agree. Yeah. He really did well this season. Um, and like showing a different Paxton. Yes. And who do you wish would leave the show? Oh my God. Shira. I am so (laughs) like sorry to the person who plays her because I mean the character is is very like great like we all know this person this sure person in our high school um but she's like causing so much drama and I'm like girl I don't I don't want it and she's really annoying I'm like I'm really over this character in high school where it's like the girls who talk like this like we've seen this a million times you know um, so I just feel like it's not as original as I'd hope for it to be, but yeah, it's, she's just like a plastic, right? And I'm like, I don't want, I don't want any more of these <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so I completely agree with you on that one. I, I do want to call out like one moment that I loved was, um, Nirmala, like when she slaps baby and Kamala is like, was that a slap? I just think <laughs> yes. the whole moment was so perfect. I just, I thought Nirmala was such a beautiful, like, accurate representation of like mom auntie grandma (laughs) yes yes 100 percent. yeah uh and last question who would you give your cricket queen and queen or queen and king to oh my god i kind of want to i kind of want to give it to like trent and eleanor like i feel like something is going on here and i'm really into it i love that choice like something is there and I, I don't know. I really hope that this gets made. Like, I don't know if the dance scene at the end is like just a one-time thing or like if it's going to become something bigger, but I'm like, I would love it too. I think it would be hilarious and it would just be really cute to see them together. Yeah. That would actually be a really fun story to watch. Because he's like the only person who really likes Eleanor right now. Like he's like going to her plays and stuff. And I was like, okay. Yeah, because even when, remember earlier in the season where he calls out, like, Davy for being like, what did we march for if you're just going to call out your girlfriends? I was like, wow, you are so right, Trent. I did not expect that from you. And do you like Eleanor? (laughs) Yeah, like, I feel like there's room for something there. I agree. Um, I can't wait to watch that. I could go on doing this for the rest of this day, but I know we have to stop. Thank you so much, Shiga, for such a lovely way to start my morning here in California. Emma, it's so fun. I feel like there's like so much more to talk about. We'll have to, we'll have to circle back next time. Yes, we'll take this offline. <laughs> <laughs> yes.